0: This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. And now here's your host, Steve Teal.
1: Steve Teal, Very Bold Radio and Podcast. Man, if I got a story for you. Um, We're going to have a great time meeting T. Martin Bennett. Uh, the author of Wounded Tiger, this incredible story. You're going to be hooked. You're going to want to get this book. Um, you're going to want to watch the movie when it comes out. So we get to meet Martin and hear about this 18 year journey of bringing Wounded Tiger to life. Martin, how are you doing today?
2: Steve, I'm doing great. It's great to have, uh, great to be a guest on your show. Appreciate it.
1: Man, no, we really appreciate you doing this. Um, it is amazing to imagine that you've spent 18 years on this incredible story. Just start by just telling us a little bit of the story itself. So people are like, what is Wounded Tiger? Yeah. Start with the title itself, if you don't mind.
2: Yeah, the, the title of the book is Wounded Tiger. I wrote it as a screenplay first, then novelized in book form. It's the true story of the pilot who led the attack on Pearl Harbor, Whose life was changed by American, by an American prisoner and by a girl he never met. I've read a lot of stories. I know a good bit of history. I love true stories. I've never come across any story remotely close to this one. It is really a mind boggling story. And if it were fictional, it really wouldn't work too well because it's just too far out. It's too <laughs> far out to be true. But, but the fact that it is true, it's just, that's just the sizzle of the steak of the story. It's, it's it's an encouraging story too. So that's that's the nuts and bolts it's it's the story of the guy who led the attack on Pearl Harbor and how his life changed through these two other people who are Americans.
1: Yeah, incredible. And tell me tell me about the title. Okay, let me let me tell you first of all. Uh let's just parentheses this thing. I've got to read part 1. Um so I I would prefer to have read the entire book, but uh I I'm loving it. I mean, I'm hooked. And part 1 um, brings us up to, I think part two is called Thunder and Lightning, I believe.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's where the Pearl Harbor attack starts. So even though this takes place in the context of war, it's a, it's a character-driven story, and it's a story of hope. You know, everybody needs hope. Everybody wants hope. But when you look at what's happening in the world, especially in the Middle East, what's going on with war, it just looks hopeless, like it will never end. But here you have a guy who hated America, who when he bombed Pearl Harbor, caused calls it the greatest day of his life, and another American, an American who, uh he hated Japan. He wanted revenge on the Japanese. He volunteered for a mission to bomb Japan. He ends up getting captured as a POW. He and Jake DeShazer said in his own words, he was, quote, crazy with hatred, end quote, for the Japanese people. And the question is, how did their lives change to the point that they loved each other's nations and they loved each other as individuals that one day they meet each other, shake hands as friends? This is a demonstration of how, how peace is achieved. It's not through power. It's through humility. And that's what we see in this story in a really engaging character driven story.
1: Man, well, well, well said. And you've done an amazing job. You know, I feel like going back to my, uh, my great academic success in college and grad school as a C plus student. Um, I feel like I might what have liked...
2: studied. What did you study in grad school?
1: <laughs> um, I went to Fuller Seminary in Southern California. So divinity, That's... theology, all that yeah. good stuff.
2: Fantastic.
1: Yeah, yeah. But in college, um, you know, just thinking about those classes on history and things like that, if I had history books like Wounded Tiger, not that it's a history book. I mean, it's a narrative, but I would have learned so much more history uh, by reading books like Wounded mm-hmm. Tiger because I'm like reading it and the way that you've woven in the historical, I mean, historical facts and the historical background and the way that you have all these pictures, it truly Truly, is an immersive experience, um, and so I I've learned so much more about World War II and especially um, uh, the Japanese uh, attack of Pearl Harbor, mm-hmm. what the thinking was, and everything because of how you've presented this story. So, just congratulations!
2: Yeah, yeah well, thanks very much, and I, I'll, just to explain for the audience that yeah, I, I'm I'm a visual thinker. I think visually, and that's why my first version was the screenplay for the film. But when I converted it into book form, I wanted to re- maintain that dynamic uh, storytelling flavor. So uh I didn't want to write a nonfiction book because it's like this happened, that happened, they said this, they did that. You're kind of detached. So yeah. what I did is I use a format called the nonfiction novel. This is what Uh, Michael Shera did for a book called Gettysburg. It's a true story, but it's written in the format of fiction. So it's dynamic and engaging, but it's it's factual. And that's what I did. It's highly, Wooded Tiger is a highly vetted, very factual, authentic story, but it's very engaging because it reads like a novel because it is a novel. And then we included hundreds of photos, uh, maps, images, letters, telegrams, all kinds of stuff. And the net result is I've had people who go through this story saying, Martin, I just felt like I was there while these things were happening. And they felt very engaged. And I've had even though it is a 600 page book, like slightly over 600 pages, but it has hundreds of pictures. And honestly, I've had dozens of people said they read it in a single sitting. They just could not stop. They just kept going through one guy told me recently, he's in bed, his wife is elbowing him at like two o'clock in the morning saying, oh, my goodness, you're not going to believe this. You're not. Gonna. It's like it's that kind of a story. So I want it to be fun and engaging, but I also want it to be um, encouraging and positive and inspiring to help people set the bar higher for their own lives and have a hope that they can be the person they're supposed to be. Right.
1: Well, you have done that and it is, it reads so well, you know, it really does everything that you set out to do and making it visual and immersive um, you have uh, you've done. And I think the, the, very human elements that you bring to life, whether it's dialogue that the characters or the character, the people are having, um, whatever the case is, it just, man, it just brings like a fresh perspective of, okay, that's why. And I'm afraid I I might mispronounce uh, Mitsuo Fushida or
2: well, it's how do you say it? I say Fuchida, but Fuchida, Fuchida. It's like it's in Japanese, they don't use accents on, on many words. So it's just Fuchida. Fuchita, but I have a hard time with it myself. So, Fuchita is fine, but that's how it's pronounced. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so, I mean, you just did such a marvelous job of bringing to life who he is and why he would – think certain ways and why Japan would think certain ways. Um, I just thought it was so- Yeah, so when I was
2: in high school, I remember asking my teacher, you know, why did the Japanese attack Pearl Harbor? What are they thinking? They're trying to take over the United States. I don't get it. That didn't make any sense to me. And of course, they weren't trying to take over the United States, but what were they doing and why? And all the documentaries and most of the books are about the Japanese attack, United States went to war, we we beat them up, we won, the end. And like, what were they thinking? So once- I got into the story. I had to, I had to put myself in their mindset of what they were thinking and why. And, uh, I, I wanted to people have, have a empathetic experience without necessarily justifying what the Japanese did in Pearl Harbor and beyond. However, what has happened is I've had numerous people say, Martin, when I was, you know, going through the scene of the Battle of Midway from the Japanese perspective, I was kind of torn of who I was rooting for here because I, I knew these characters now and I felt for them. So I opened the book with a scripture from Malachi that says, are we not all children of the same father? Are we not all uh, made by the same God? And it's a question which I really like. And the, the, the question is, if, you know, are we brothers? Are we created by God? If we are. Then why are we fighting each other? Why are we killing each other? Uh, isn't there a better way to live? And I think that's that question is answered by what the the choices made by Fuchida and the choices made by DeShazer and the Covell family.
1: Yeah, very good, very good. All right, um, before I totally lose track, I've got to go back to what is the title "Wounded Tiger"? Where does that come from?
2: That's a great question, uh, Steve. So. I wanted to use a metaphor because they're much more powerful than, than just descriptive titles. So Fujita was born in the year of the Tiger. And Jeez. when they had the Pearl Harbor attack, they had a code word for whether or not they had achieved a surprise. That is, they were not detected before they got to Pearl Harbor, Pearl Harbor. So once he realized they were undetected, he sent the code work back to the, um, his aircraft carrier. And that code word was Tora, Tora, Tora. And there's a movie made with that title. And Torah means tiger, 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 tiger. So uh, the fact was wounded. You know, uh, Fuchida is represents the tiger, and a tiger is an animal that has potential for great power and beauty. They're the biggest cat in the world. They're gorgeous. They're amazing to see. But um, he had potential for greatness, but our, our potential is held back by wounds caused by ourselves. Or yes. by other people and we can't reach that potential. And so, um, really what we see is a complete failure of everything he sought and destroying his country, feeling ashamed and like he was a failure far beyond anything most people in life will ever experience. And yet the Lord had a purpose and a plan and he goes from being a wounded tiger to being a conquering tiger. So the story of Puchita and a wounded tiger is really everyone's story because we all have potential for power and beauty, but either, either we're held back by things we have done, choices we've made that are wrong, things that other people have done to us or said to us that hold us back from being who we're supposed to be. And what God wants you to be is a triumphant tiger. That's really the the gist of the meaning of the, wound, of, the of the title "Wounded Tiger."
1: Man, I love that, Martin, and I love what you're talking about. Just um, man, this is that just covers so much of how the hurts, the wounds that can slow us down from the purpose that God has for us. Um, that's just amazing, man. All right. 18 years. How did you first hear about this story? What inspired you even in the beginning to say, this needs to be a film and then talk us through the journey?
2: When I was in fifth grade, I had a teacher named Miss Rose and she said, everyone in my class has to read, I don't know what it was, two books a month. And all the girls kind of cheered and all the guys groaned, (laughs) including me. Like, I do not want to read two books a month. And they're all reading, you know, the old classics, you know, whatever Mark Twain or, you know, Pride and Prejudice. And I was like, man, I do not want to read these books. So I go down to the (laughs) library, sadly, skimming the shelves. And finally, I come across a row of biographies. Abraham Lincoln, Lou Gehrig, Thomas Edison, Henry Ford. I thought, man, this was, I was in heaven. I loved it. I read every book on that shelf to the best of my recollection. I just read one after another. So I love true stories. I love movies. And, you know, the scripture says the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. He gives everybody a set of gifts. Those gifts prepare you for your calling. And I didn't realize what my gifts and callings were, but I was naturally starting to, you know, work in those. So fast forward, I came across the story of John Newton, who wrote the song Amazing Grace. He was in the slave trade in the 1750s. And I spent a couple of, I spent several years working on a screenplay on his life story, which is mind boggling. And for the record, I'm extremely committed to this. I met with a producer two months ago. We are definitely going to do this, but now's not the time. We got to. Get this Wounded Tiger thing done first. But I stumbled across a used book from a defunct publisher about Fujita, and I thought, who is this guy? So I had very low expectations. My my thinking in my head was, this going to be bombs, planes, and ships? And then somewhere down the road, walks into a little country church, finds the Lord, the end. That's what I'm thinking. Completely different than that. 1000%. And as I'm reading this book, I remember it, Steve, I remember where I was sitting. I was in a barn. My daughter was riding a horse. The smell of hay in the air. The sparrows flying around, sitting in a folding metal chair. And, I, and I'm and i reading this book, and I said, oh, man, this is just, this would make one incredible film, maybe the best film that's ever been made. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. And as I'm sitting there, I'm saying, Lord, are you are you saying you want me to do this as a film? Is that what you're saying? Well, before I could finish the words, I just sensed this, like, Martin, get it done, do the movie. And I thought, oh, whoa, this is going to be a very big lift, but I'm in, I will do it. So I spent three years on research before I even started the script, got the script done, got in front of investors. They loved it. They wanted to do it right off the bat, but they wanted full creative control. They were not believers. And I couldn't give up that creative control because it would put me in a position where I have no ability to protect the integrity of the story. They start, you know, Jesus turns into higher power. You know, they put in a sex scene or whatever. And you're like, what happened? Well, you can't, I can't do that. And the problem is you can't retain creative control unless you bring the money to the table. Uh, how can you do it? And I thought, well, I'm just going to novelize the book form. So then fast forward many years, it's like two and a half years ago, the producer of Hacksaw Ridge contacted me. Have you seen the film Hacksaw Ridge?
1: Many years ago. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. So this is the Battle of Okinawa, a guy named Dawson Dawes, who was a, um, he was a conscientious objector and he won the Congressional Medal of Honor for saving like 70 people on in the Battle of Okinawa. Anyway, producer called me. and said, Martin, what's going on with the movie? And I told him exactly what I told you. He said, Martin, forget about funding the film. You've got the book. Get that book to the top of the charts. That's when the investors will come to you. You'll be in the driving seat, driver's seat. You'll have creative control. It's all going to work. So that's what we did. Uh, ultimately, you know, I've been trying to get investors for forever, uh, but the Lord sent us an investor for doing the book campaign. So we printed 75,000 books. Uh, the national launch is uh, November 7th. And um, we're really excited because I've already seen what's, what the response has been to the first couple of dishes, uh, the editions, that is, which were self-published in low quantities. But just for an example, Steve, about yeah. two weeks ago, I was telling this woman about the project, and she was very skeptical. Well, I don't really think so. And I'm not so <laughs> sure. But I said, listen, read the book yourself. You don't have to like it. Just use, you, you make up your mind what you think. So I sent her a copy of the book, Wounded Tiger. Um, and about three days later, she said, Martin, I thought you were tooting your own horn is what she said. Uh, she said, but I got to admit, this is absolutely an amazing story. I was I was bawling my eyes out. This has got to be done as a major feature film. It just has to be done. I've heard this story so many times, but you have to read it to know for yourself. So For the record, if you want to read the first chapters free, just go to woundedtiger.com. You can read the first, I think, eight chapters, and then you can decide for yourself what you think about it. But I hope you'll be encouraged and inspired to live a better life.
1: Yeah, well, um, I do encourage our viewers and our listeners to uh, get a copy of Wounded Tiger. Go ahead and make that investment. Um, I don't think you'll be disappointed at all. The story is really so well told and just grabs you and pulls you in. Now, I'm I'm dying to know how this story finishes. I know we're not going to talk about that today.
2: No, um, but we can set it up. So the, the thing up, is yeah. – um, So that my, my standard is no spoilers, but we can set it up. So, uh, this guy, Fuchita, of course, the the war goes disastrously for him, but little things started happening and he couldn't understand why he wasn't dead. You know, when on the Pearl Harbor attack, his plane was hit by shrapnel. His control wire was hanging by a thread. It was one of those things was just the wire was just barely hanging. And his engineer said, you know, you know, if that broke, his plane would have just Dropped in the ocean, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. And they looked at each other and said, Well, the gods are with you. I mean, that was their understanding that we must have favor. But that as the war uh, declined for them, they, they said, Well, the gods are not with us anymore. That's, that's what the next thing they said. Yeah. So- His pathway was really going into the darkness, but Jake DeShazer, he was a prisoner of war in Japan, torture, uh, deprivation, isolation, people dying. And he said in his own words, he was filled with hatred toward the... Japanese people, crazy with hatred, but he remembered his mom, and this is just an encouragement to all the moms out there. You don't understand how much power and influence you have in your family. Maybe people never say it, maybe maybe people never act on it, but when push comes to shove, they remember their mother, they remember what their mother said, and most importantly, they remember what their mother did. And Jake DeShazer knew his mom, knew God, and he wanted to know the God his mother knew, and because he didn't want to die in this prison camp just... Seething with hatred, he wanted to live a better life, and so ultimately, um, there were, there were books passed around. He got a hold of a Bible. He was very skeptical, and he just he just forced the Lord to prove it to him. And the Lord did, and and you'll see what happened with his life. But eventually, his story comes back to Fuchita, and Fuchita wanted to know why you know why did this guy's life change? I don't quite understand because he, he was not Fuchida was not seeking God, Christianity, nothing, zero. Then he hears about this woman. Uh, Peggy Covell was one of the children of the Covell family. She went to college in upstate New York at Cuca College, just for anybody who happens to be listening. That's where she went to school. And um, there were terrible things happening in the Philippines by the Japanese. And her parents were out there. There's a lot of suffering, a lot of angst. Can't tell you exactly what was going on. But she felt, well, what can I as a Christian do to Demonstrate love toward what is perceived as our enemies, the Japanese people. So she volunteers to go to an internment camp in the U S. That's where the Japanese were being moved from the West coast into these inter- internment camps, which, you know, many consider was a tremendous injustice. They had not, they were U S citizens mostly. Anyway, right. so she goes there, serves them hand and foot to just help them. Then she ends up volunteering for a hospital that had prisoners of war, Americans, Germans, and Japanese. She spoke fluent Japanese and she's serving these people day and night. And they're saying, why are you serving us? And she she would never explain. So finally they demanded, why are you treating us so well? They felt like, hey, somebody must have done something really great for your family. That's why you're helping us out. You're kind kind of like payback. But when they found out her reason, which I cannot tell you, they were just kind of shocked. Well, this story went back to Fuchita because one of the guys in that room in the hospital in Utah was Fuchita's engineer. He comes back to Japan, he meets Fuchita, and he tells him the story. And Fuchita's mind was just, why would you love your enemies? You should destroy your enemies and kill your enemies. That's what we are taught from an early age. Why would you love your enemies? And he started to ask the question, where does this love come from? And that is a very good question. So Fuchita was not seeking God, he was seeking truth. And the fact is, if you seek the truth, it will lead you to the truth the one who said I am the way the truth and the life and that's what happened with wichita
1: yes yeah everyone well, that's not a giveaway
2: we know what happens we don't know it's like titanic we know the ship sinks but how does it sink <laughs> right <laughs>
1: i love it well you do a masterful job of weaving in these three stories you know um in the beginning uh, i'm I'm hooked into uh, peggy's father jimmy and everything and fuchita um and then i'm like wait now who's this jake guy i'm like you know and we're getting just bits and <laughs> well, pieces there's, only, there's
2: three basic plot lines it's that's it let me tell you something i asked a woman not a believer and i said what did you like most about the book and she said all the all the what she called coincidences, which we will call providences or miracles even. So there's right. one thing, uh, if we, uh, Jake DeShazer is on this two twin engine bomber. They bombed a city in Japan. They're flying at night over China, hoping they could get to um, the part of China that was free China because we were allies in World War II. But unfortunately they ran out of fuel. He has to bail out over occupied China where the Japanese are almost certain to capture them. And so he's not a believer He's looking down through this hole in, you know, in the bottom of the plane. When a rushing past at like 200 miles an hour, it's black, it's raining. And it's like, this is probably the end of my life. You know, I have not lived a good life, but it's too late to change now. Wow. I'm just, I'm probably going to die. And he just drops through this hole. At the same moment across the Pacific Ocean, his mother wakes up, nudges her husband saying, I feel like I'm falling through the air. I need to pray for Jake. And she gets on her knees and starts praying diligently for her son. Now, that night, several people from this Doolittle Raid did die. And he certainly could have easily died, but he didn't. And I have a brochure or a track. It's called, I Am the Praying Mother of Jake DeShazer. Now, me personally, I thought, okay, I'm not so sure this is true. I'm a a believer, but I don't believe everything. So I, I went to Google Earth and put in the date and the time and said, was it dark in Oregon, where this woman was, and was it dark in China where this plane was? And I did it at least three times, Steve, because I wanted to make positive sure I'm not going to give people a bogus story that someone said, Well, no, that couldn't be it's not even possible, but it right. was possible and it did happen. And that's one of many little supernatural things you'll see. Like, man, how could that even be? Some of these things that happened were like millions to one that they could happen, millions to one, and they yeah. do happen. It's encouraging because they're just normal average people. If it happened to them, it could happen to you.
1: That's right. That's right. Well, I won't go into it, but um, that th- that story right there is very reminiscent of uh, my my dad, who was in Vietnam and one of the yeah. last uh, American military advisors out. Of uh, Vietnam, and uh, I, I've actually interviewed them—my my mom and dad, my dad who's still with us—and kind of similar some parallels, and just the power of prayer and how God uses that, and how God loves to use people to accomplish His purposes. So uh, that's just a fun reminder for me as well. Yeah. So uh, another well, int- yeah. Another interesting
2: thing about this book is that I have I I, I wrote it specifically. Without all the religious gobbledygook and jargon, we don't have sin, repentance, faith. None of those words are in this story, but there is a definite presence of the power of God in people's lives lived out in action. And the net result is I've had many people who are not religious, don't go to church, might hate church, read yeah. the book and tell me with tears in their eyes, this is a powerful story that really affected me in a personal way. I've had many many people who are as far outside the you know concentric circles of you know uh, you know culture yeah you know, smoking cigarettes tattoos everywhere blue hair whatever it doesn't matter I mean I love everybody but they're definitely you know their their whole lifestyle is no we're not interested in that they read the book and they say Martin it really made me think one of these guys not a believer. He, he said he read the book seven times. He said, Martin, I'm going to be in the front row when this movie comes out. I'm going to buy the first ticket. This is a movie I can't wait to see. So I'm just telling people it's a catalyst. It starts conversations. I mean, years ago, I would hand out tracks. Now I hand out books. I say, you read it. I'll buy you dinner. You can say whatever you want. One of those guys, they ended up eating pizza with for like three hours. I didn't find out till later. He was the head of an atheist club. And he said, Martin, the more I talk to you, the more I like this story. That's a true story right there.
1: Wow. Dang. That's that's amazing, Martin. Man. And Martin, um, even just looking at the endorsements in my advanced copy, I mean, there's just, it just feels like it could be a book unto itself of just people that have been touched by this book and by this story. Uh, man, so you have done something just phenomenal, phenomenal uh-huh.
2: with that. Do Thanks, you man. have... Um... The, the way I look at it is, I mean, God, God made the story. I'm just telling it.
1: Right. Well, you've done a great job. That's the thing. I mean, yeah, you've done a fantastic job of telling this story. I can't wait to finish reading it. I'm excited. Uh, We can't jump ahead to the film and everything. We got to get these 75,000 books out to people, more people reading. Um, In the last uh, minute or two that we have, anything else you just want to tell people that you're just um, about getting the book or about reading the book, what they can do with this? First
2: of all, I don't expect anyone to take my word for it. I'm the author. Of course, I love the story, but you can make up your mind yourself. Go to WoundedTiger.com, read the first chapters free, no obligation, uh, and then see what you think. Uh, and also just to let people know, I didn't write this for money or movies or anything else. I wrote this because it's a positive, encouraging story. It's an inspirational story. And I've I, It encouraged and inspired me. It brings me to tears. And I've seen so many other people tell them it really affected and impacted them. This one woman said, you know, uh, after reading the book, she said, I really have hated my mother because she was so mean to us. She would lock us in the basement. We would pound on the door in the darkest. And I just hated my mother. But when I saw how these people loved each other, I realized I need to be a better person. And I thought, you know, that's a good place to start. We have to have a high bar. So uh, uh, as I, I say, people have to have hope. And hope that they can be who they want to be, who they need to be, and have a, a happy, fulfilled life. That hope leads to faith. Faith leads to love. Hope, faith, love. So my goal is for people to get on that on on that staircase of hope. That hey, God is real. He cares about people. He changes lives. Have the faith that you can trust him. He's demonstrated himself to be trustworthy. And then love for God, love for man. It's it's a win win for everyone there.
1: Wow, Martin, that is amazing. These testimonies that are coming through. I mean, of forgiveness, of lives changed from reading your book, Wounded Tiger. That that just blows me away.
2: Well, it, that's the whole point, is to encourage people. It's a fun story. And um I love the I love the pictures. Um, there's some stuff in this book. I tell you what. Uh, I didn't, I didn't see this until I went to Stanford to get pictures that Fuchita's son, when he died, he he bequeathed it all to Stanford. There's a letter from 20th Century Fox in 1967 saying that they want to make a movie on his life and they're getting it all together. Gregory Peck was, had a, a, an attachment, a bunch of other guys, but they never did make the movie. And I thought I put that in the book. And then on the other side says, we're making the movie. Let us know if you want to give us a hand. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, uh, my, my listeners and my viewers, uh, please get Wounded Tiger. Um, I can't wait to read the rest of this book. And I, re- I want to hear from you what you think about it. I want to hear about how you're inspired to forgive and to love. I want to hear about how you respond. Do you feel empathetic with Fushida, Fuchida and the Japanese as you read it? Because I certainly understand how you can. Um, and I'm, I'm just excited to read more about Peggy and about Jay and how this story of redemption continues to weave together. But Martin's done a great job. And Martin, what you're being is what we're trying to be very bold. Um, You know, our ministry name and radio and podcast comes from 2 Corinthians 3.12, where the Apostle Paul has been talking about the hope that we have. And he says in 2 Corinthians 3.12, therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. And Martin, what you're being is very bold. These 18 years of boldness, in telling this story, getting this story in people's hands so their lives can be transformed um, is just amazing. So um, just thank you for understanding that hope and sharing that hope and being very bold in the process. Yeah,
2: thanks very much. I mean, along those lines, one of my favorite verses is Psalm 105. It says, let the whole world know what he has done. And I think that's exactly what I want to do here. I want to let people know what God did in these people's lives. If he did it in their lives, he can do it in your lives too.
1: Amen to that. Amen to that. Well, this is Martin Bennett. Thank you so much for uh, being with us. Thank you so much for being faithful to God. I actually have one last question. This is my last question. I'm about to sign off and uh, just wanted to ask you this. I mean, 18 years, what has kept you going? I feel like a lot of people would have quit along the process and moved on to another project, but you've persevered. Why?
2: Well, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And when he said, go. I knew it was him, but I did, uh, on one point, I, uh, it was my birthday, I fasted for 40 days, water only. I said, Lord, if I'm making a mistake here, if this is Ishmael and not Isaac, let me know. Everything I've gotten from the Lord has always been to go forward. I've had people who I never knew, first time I met them, words of knowledge about this thing being successful, and I thought, I know God's in this thing 100%. Uh, it doesn't mean I can be irresponsible, but I have a tremendous confidence This thing is going to work extremely well. So I never quit on it because God doesn't quit on us. And he sets the example. He sets the bar. He's with us and he leads us. He guides us and he brings us to the place that he wants us to be.
1: Man, that is that that is powerful. These kind of books and these kind of movies, I'm always like, man, it seems like there's a movie about you, like about the process and perseverance. Forty days of fasting. The other week, I just fasted three days. I thought I was doing pretty good. Forty days fast, water only. Man, that's a, that's a incredible mark. Yeah, and I'm
2: not saying that to brag. Obviously, no, you, no, no, I, you shouldn't say. It. I'm telling people if you Jesus, you know, the Lord, the scripture says. God is a rewarder of those people who earnestly seek him. If you seek him earnestly, he is not going to let you down. Mm. So seek him earnestly and he will meet you. So this has been, for me, in many ways, an unpleasant journey. I I mean, I I was broke. I lost Mm. everything. I slept on my son's couch for a year. Mm. It was very difficult. I was, even though I'm educated and had a high-profile job, I ended up as a security guard, a security job, working in the desert, standing in a parking lot in the middle of the night, for minimum wage, I'm saying, Lord, what is happening to my life? And Lord's like, Martin, everything's fine. Don't worry. You know, I'm taking care of you. Just stay steady on this path. It's all going to work out. I've always believed that 100%, and the Lord has 100% come through on everything.
1: Martin, that's incredible, man. I'm telling you, there's, there's another story. <laughs> yeah.
2: So I'm telling this because I know there's people out there right now saying, God, how come you're not doing stuff? And one of my questions was, God, you know, why am I waiting so long? I'm waiting on you. And the Lord said, no, Martin, I'm waiting on you. I need you to be the person I need you to be, to be able to carry the weight for what I'm going to give you in responsibility. So if you're waiting on God, maybe he's waiting on you to be the person he's called you to be in the first place.
1: Wow, man. I just want some more words of wisdom coming from you, but that, that'll that be okay for now. I'd love to uh, follow up and get another interview with you down Absolutely. the road. Um, man, that's exciting. Really, now I feel like the those three stories that you've woven together, but I feel like there's another story of Martin Bennett and your faithfulness to God and God's faithfulness to you. And we want to see what God is doing with this, but we don't want to just see, we want to be a part of this. So again, I'm encouraging people right now um, to go to your website. So you said it's woundedtiger.com right
2: that's correct you can read the first chapters free there's a bunch of information there's a movie sizzle reel there there's uh reviews and quotes and all kinds of stuff
1: all right and uh pre-orders because this is coming out november 7th
2: yeah you can order right now
1: okay all right Order this book let's get this book let's get on uh martin's team and see what god is doing here Uh, i don't want to miss it i don't want you to miss it either so again two corinthians 3 12 this is how we close therefore since we have such a hope we are very bold
0: very bold radio and podcast with your host steve teal bringing encouragement through god's word and through inspiring interviews Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com.